Welcome to Live Well, Be Well, a show to help high performers improve their health and well-being. This is an excerpt from my conversation with the fierce and wonderful woman, Africa Brooke. The link to the full episode is in the description. I want to read out this definition that I found. I think it's when I was reading out, um, when I was reading and researching some of the work and teachings of Brene Brown, who again is just a legend when it comes to shame. She said in one of her talks that shame is insecurity that attaches to self-identity and gets in the way of action or vulnerability. And that piece for me stood out the most, that it gets in the way of action or vulnerability. When I started to drink in the way that I did, even at, at such a young age as 14, the, it's almost like I built this character. I built a character that I thought would be acceptable, a character that other people would love, a character that could just be confident and didn't have any worries, didn't have any issues. And alcohol was the vehicle for me to actually align with this version of myself that I created. So it meant that I was limiting how deep I could go with people. It meant that I wasn't giving myself the opportunity to be truly vulnerable because I was always in a state of performance, if you will. So this, again, when we talk about blueprints, this is another blueprint that I then created in terms of how I relate to people. It meant that I always had a, had this protective field around me where people couldn't really get to know me because I thought who I truly was was unacceptable. I thought who I truly was was humiliating or embarrassing in some way. And these were feelings that I'd never had before. I, I was always confident about who I am, where I'm from, my family, etc. But now when you come to a completely different environment where your differences are positioned as something wrong and bad, especially as a mm. child, you want to run away from that as far as possible. So I did the running, but also alcohol allowed me to... Um, run in a way that most people wouldn't see as running you know mm -hmm. so by the time that I was 19 again I am still drinking in this way it wasn't all the time by the way it was just that when I did drink there wasn't an off switch I I just mm -hmm. took it as an opportunity to just live and to be as reckless and just free as I want to be and when I was 19 is when I started to notice that something isn't quite right about the way that I, I drink. I, I shouldn't be blacking out this much. And the thing is with blacking out, which is when you drink so much in such a short space of time, typically, that your brain stops making short-term memory. So you almost have like a like a amnesia of sorts. So someone could bring up something that you said half an hour ago, but you can't remember yourself saying it. So this was happening to me over and over and over again. And I would just wake up the next days just feeling immense shame. And a lot of people will know this because when you've drunk so much, even if you don't go into a state of blackout, and then you wake up the next day and then you have a hangover, but you also feel this immense anxiety and, and shame, mm -hmm. right? That you've done something mm -hmm. wrong. Did I say something wrong? What did I... What did I even do? How was I with this person? But all of these things that bring up just so many gross feelings. A lot of people will be very familiar with that. But I would experience this pretty much every single time that I drank. So from the age of 19 to 24, I was actively trying to get sober. I, I knew something was wrong. And it's when I started to make the connections of how my father used to drink and his relationship with alcohol. And... 
again, I had to do a lot of this on my own in the sense that making those connections between me and my father and that history, because again, things have changed a lot in my family now, but even at that time, everything was still very hush-hush. Even if people could see that I was struggling in a way, they just didn't know what to do. They they didn't mm. have the tools. Everyone felt their own shame, so they don't know how to bring it up. They don't know how to talk about it. There's just a lot of passive-aggressive behavior because I know that I'm bringing all of this into our household and everyone else has their own stuff, so now I'm kind of a problem. So it intensifies that feeling of shame. So I started to, by myself, make those connections of how my father used to drink and I've always been someone that's very curious and into reading and personal development and psychology. So I would just Google a lot of things, wanting to find out, is it normal to drink this much? What happens to the brain when you drink this much? Um, even trying to see what celebrities got sober because I would see that, okay, if, if someone like Mick Jagger can get sober, then I can as well, you know. it Just taking whatever I can is inspiration. So I tried very actively from 19 to 24 to get sober and I relapsed seven times and throughout this entire time I was realizing just how much shame had a hold on me because I still felt like I am wrong I'm never going to change I'm always going to be a fuck up I'm always going to be this person I won't be able to do it and um yeah so so for me from 19 to 24 is where I would say that I I couldn't run away from it anymore. I, I couldn't mm. run away from it anymore, but I still believed that I could get better on some level, which is why I kept trying to get sober. But I think the shame was so intense that any time that I started to get well, any time I was sober for a few weeks or a month, I always say it in this way that it, it's it's like I was used to being in a state of chaos and drama and feeling that shame, that it actually got comfortable. So when I got yeah. well, it would become very uncomfortable that I'm actually well and better and I don't, and I actually feel free, you know. It's not that things got really bad and I would feel like I need a drink. It wasn't that. I would feel like I actually don't need a drink. Everything is fine. And that's when I would feel uncomfortable and then sabotage myself and then go into the shame spiral again, which I didn't want, but it was more comfortable than me being well. So mm -hmm. that was my cycle up until the age of 24. And I can see some recognition in your face. So I want to know how you resonate with that. Just throughout my life, even through observing others and observing myself, there's mm. always this attraction, right, to not drama, but you know, things can't always be this good or what's going to happen next or it's that kind of perception that something's going to go wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people can can relate to that. And I, I can hear that in your voice when you're talking around, you know, actually I was feeling calm and a lot of that I'm thinking is you didn't, maybe you didn't have as much calmness at home so you were always prepared for that flip switch of when it could right. go wrong. So your awareness is much more heightened. Thanks so much for listening. To hear the full episode, there's a link in the description. One last thing. I've created something just for you. It's a 30-day online course to give your well-being journey that extra boost. And it's totally free. Go to sarahammacklin.com to download it now. There's a link in the description. And I'll see you on the next episode.